getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 Football Conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why yeah. do, Why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends? <laughs> right. Save we it for the show. We, we, save, we do. We save it for the show. Tune into the Morning Drive Live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. I got a... Uh, a text from one of my oldest friends last night. We go back to uh, junior high, and it was uh, Patrick Ewing in Lubbock. Odd sight. It was a bit of an odd sight. <laughs> and so I sent him a couple of pictures of, he's a large man, that Patrick Ewing. He's tall. He's tall. He didn't get any shorter. He did not get, uh, I don't know. I wonder if he has. I wonder if he's been measured lately, because sometimes, sometimes that happens. You know, as you get older, you shrink mm-hmm. a little bit. So you're suggesting he's suggesting he's not a true seven footer no, anymore. I think he, no, I think he still is, but I I don't know that I don't know that you want to to do that. Some things from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Chuck, a sellout last night, really? No, it was not sold out. I don't think I said that. Uh, it was a great. It was a good crowd, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, but it, it was not. Not every butt was in the seat uh, last night. Uh, King Craig, turnover is going to be this team's downfall if they don't get it under control. This seems to be a consistent. A constant, I think, is what he means in every game. Yeah, so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 25-game home winning streak shows how much the crowd and people of Lubbock support the Red Raiders. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, we get this shout-out from Hudson Oaks. Okay. I'm assuming that's some kind of town, neighborhood, little community, so to speak. That's from Raiders' dad. He must be out and about somewhere tonight, today. Uh, Jay says, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. What a doozy of a game last night. A doozy. It turned into a better game than I expected. Mm-hmm. Or wanted, maybe. Yeah, definitely wanted. Too. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, at any rate, um, there you go. Uh, somebody says, how big was the crowd last night? The USA looked and sounded full on the TV. Uh, I don't know what the... Attendance was that they announced probably announced a, a full house since almost every I'd say it was around 12 10, 10 to 12 would have been my guess there were people up upstairs so that would be would have been my would have been my guess on it so I saw this yesterday and I, I was thinking you know we've all done something in our youth that we regret and uh and sometimes people make amends you know like a library book that they've had for 72 years and they decided to finally turn it in you know apparently i don't know if this is the case for the city of lubbock but apparently a lot of libraries have now foregone foregone the uh, the fine finding system you know used to be like you know 50 cents a day or whatever and you'd keep it for 20 years and i guess because people would just not bring the books back rather than bring them back and pay the fine yeah but then, you know, as they get older and they maybe move and they're like, oh, I got this book here that I checked out and I'm going to I'm going to take it back and put an envelope in the in the book and slip in a check, a donation to the friends of the library or whatever and try to try to make amends for my my stuff. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has done just that. OK. OK. So apparently as a youth, uh, when he was 14 years old in Honolulu in Hawaii from a 
specific 7-Eleven, he stole a Snickers bar every day on the way to the gym for nearly a year. Wow. Okay. And they never caught him? He said, the same clerk was there every day and always just turned her head and never busted me. Probably felt sorry for him. So he returned the other day to his childhood convenience store to right his wrong. Okay. He bought every Snickers bar on the shelf. Okay. He, uh, he explained that it was the least that he could do. He said, when I was 14 and blah, 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 I used to stop at this 7-Eleven steal a king size Snicker bar because I couldn't afford to buy one. So he came back and bought every one. Um, he also took care of every purchase for the people who walked into the store picking up the tab for shoppers while he was there. He then left the candy bars at the counter and asked the cashiers to give them to anyone else trying to swipe a Snickers bar. <laughs> so he said, after decades of me wanting to come back home to 7-Eleven and try to make good, that felt really, really good. So good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Good good for him to uh, to, mm-hmm. to make amends. And like I said, I mean, we all have, I'm sure. Of course, sure. you could have found a way to hook up the clerk that, you know, kind of let him yeah, pass. Right, right. You kind of wonder what yeah. what he or she is, what she is up to these days. Or the, you wonder if that business has changed hands at all since then. Oh, yeah, sure. It's the sure. same owner. Yeah, yeah surely it has. like he's, you know. He's rewarding an owner that's only owned it for two years. Right. <laughs> you know? But, you know, at, at, you know it's, a, it's a small thing, but it's, I guess what struck me, part of what struck me was, you know, here's a guy that's obviously experienced a great deal amount of success, yet something that he did when he was 14 uh, is still bothering him. You know, it's a guilty conscience. And he's, yeah, no, I he, think it's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it's fun. It, yeah. I mean, even if... I mean, I mean, he just goes there, and that's the grocery or the convenience store that he used mm-hmm. or that he went to, and then mm-hmm. he wants to, you know, kind of give back to the people in that area or whatever. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, take the even take the stealing part out of it. Yeah. You know, he. I think it's fun. Yeah. He could have just walked in there and said, "You know what? I stole this many candy bars. I think that's worth eighty-seven dollars. Here's a hundred bucks." Yeah. And that kind of would have been boring. Right. You know. So this way, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, here's a breaking news from Deion Sanders. <laughs> I've been anxiously waiting. Uh, the breaking news is that he tells recruits he'll pick a school by Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, apparently he's telling rec- recruits he'll be at a school on Sunday. How does a how do the Jackson State kids feel about this? You know, aren't they getting ready to play a big game this weekend? They have a conference championship game on Saturday. Yeah, I think. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But on Sunday, he'll be at a school. Um, apparently, the finalists are Colorado, USF, and uh, Cincinnati. South Florida would be then. I, I don't know one, which one makes the most sense for him. I guess I would be surprised if he became the coach at Cincinnati. I would be the least surprised if he was the coach at South Florida. So you're not expecting him to stay at Jackson State then? No, huh? Okay. No. Yeah, I would guess I would guess South Florida as well would make the most sense as as far as if he's going to leave. Yeah. I just I can't see Cincinnati wanting the 
Deion Sanders experience, but who knows? Maybe they do. In Colorado, I, th- I think it just shows that they're desperate. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, are just, they are just desperate. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Attempt for this day in sports history. Today's December 1, 1 1 1 12 1 22. Here's Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history and our monthly stuff. You're going to be very excited when we get there, by the way. Oh, okay. Like, you're going to be like, Yes, that's exactly what this should be. Just so you know, it's coming. Wow, I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat. 1928 National League President John Haydiller is the first to propose a baseball rule change calling for the 10th man or designated hitter to bat in place of the pitcher. Ironically, the NL would vote vote in favor of the proposal, but the American League would turn it down. Hmm. Well, that is... What was the guy's name? Henry what? Henry Heidler, H-E-Y-D-L-E-R. Heidler. Okay. Hmm. Sure. Uh, 1936, the second Heisman Trophy was awarded to Larry Kelly from Yale. Yale has a Heisman Trophy. That's just something we should all think about for a few minutes. 1942, with World War II travel restrictions in mind, Major League Baseball owners decide to restrict travel to three-trip schedule rather than the customary four. Spring training in 43 would be limited to locations north of the Potomac or the Ohio Rivers and east of the Mississippi. Mm. 1956, led by future Basketball Hall of Famers Bill Russell and Casey Jones, the U.S. wins its fourth consecutive Olympic gold medal with an 89-55 to victory over the Soviet Union at the Melbourne Games. 1964, after just three seasons in Major League Baseball, the Houston Colts changed their name to the Astros. Owners say the move signals a step into the future for the franchise and the city of Houston. Not the Colts. Col- I'm sorry, Colt 45s. Yeah. Okay. Gonna say Colts. 1981. Colt 45 is still a pretty cool name, though. It is a pretty cool name. Well, it wouldn't be allowed anymore, though. No. No. No, it would have to be changed probably three times by now. Yeah. If it was still the, the Colt 45s. 1981. Kareem Abdul Jabbar passes Oscar Robertson to become the NBA's second all time leading scorer behind Wilt Chamberlain by scoring 14 points in a 117 to 86 Lakers win over the Utah Jazz in Los Angeles. And in 1990, New York Knicks center Patrick Ewing scores a career-high 22 field goals in his 50-point haul in a 113-96 win over Charlotte at Madison Square Garden. I may or may not have put that in there just to make sure if he was listening, we would be celebrating his NBA he's career probably, uh, He's probably moved on. Yeah, but he's got the app. He's got the app. <laughs> okay, we go everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I gave it to him last night. All right, Chuck, you ready? Yeah. It is National Fruitcake Month. Which okay. makes perfect sense. Sure. It's National Eggnog Month. Mm. Again, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's also National Pear Month. Ah, National Pear Month. Mm. Is your grandfather... I have no idea. <laughs> I was just going to say, as he said, hey, be looking at your I, mailbox or anything? I have not been told to check the mail. I have not been told to look for it yet. I have, does he, I have no idea. Does he have our new address? It goes to me. It doesn't go to you. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know if it address. came here to the. I didn't know if it came here. No, to no, the no. Station. It goes to my place. Okay, all right. They're my pears that I share. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's a National Fried Pie Day. 
So mm. uh, go have a fried pie. Happy birthday to Robert Irwin, who's 19. Sarah Silverman, 52. Bette Midler is 77. Deshaun Jackson, 36. And Larry Walker is 56. And on this day in 1955, Rosa Parks is jailed for refusing to give up her seat on a public bus to a white man violating the city's racial segregation laws. And if you need me to tell you about the Montgomery uh, bus boycotts, your history teacher needs an apology. And that is this day in sports history. And who's the 19-year-old that you mentioned? Uh, uh, What is it? uh, Crocodile Hunter's. Uh, son, oh Robert, oh Irwin. Steve Irwin, okay, yeah gotcha. Steve, yeah gotcha. his son, his son, who is now carrying on his dad's legacy. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, that is a stand sports history. You know, I did not realize that Casey Jones and Bill Russell uh, were played on the same Olympic team together. They would play on the same Boston Celtic team, mm-hmm. you know, a number of years. And Casey, they would both coach the Celtics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Jones, I always liked Casey Jones when he was. He just seemed so calm, cool, and collected. On those Celtic sidelines, I guess. But I guess when you have the team that he had, I mean, you would be calm, cool, and collected, right? You, you, you could be pretty confident in your team when you have those guys. Yeah, yeah right. When you have, you know, uh, Bird and those guys. Uh, he coached Celtics from 83 to 88 and then would uh, would be an assistant um, for the Pistons and, the, and, and then back to the Celtics uh, for a year before before he retired so he, he had quite the uh the basketball career um and uh a lot of a lot of different uh, awards for him olympic champion nba champion um two-time ncaa champion coached a championship team so it's uh it was quite the quite the career for him uh this uh from the yates flooring center chat line with regard to the game last night pop isaac scoop with under two minutes showed growth he scored with contact and moved to play defense earlier this season he would have missed the shot and looked to the officials for a call big play at the right time Mm -hmm. okay yeah i've been very impressed so far just looks like a guy that uh, is confident in his shot doesn't look like he's you know ball hogging or taking too many shots but he's he's a guy that can create offense for you and I think that's um, you know that that's what you need in that position, and I think that's not the easiest thing to have when you're when you're talking about a freshman. Yeah, so uh, good good on him as uh, the Red Raiders take down Georgetown last night by a score of seventy nine to sixty five. We'll have Lady Raider basketball on the air for you tonight. They take on Alabama State. Broadcast time six thirty. Play by play tonight at seven from United Supermarkets Arena. It's the first of eight in the row at home that's uh, nice this is their longest stretch at home in program history so uh, they'll take a team out of the take on a team out of the swack um this team's picked to finish second they're oh and four <coughs> on the season but all of their games have been played against power five teams so okay. but <clears throat> they're averaging in the 40s so this should be more about you as opposed to them uh tonight and see if they can the Lady Raiders kind of continue uh, to to build momentum and and work on their uh, things that they'd like to to work on. You know, taking care of the basketball, moving the offense, playing defense, uh, getting the freshmen in a good rhythm. That would include Bailey Moppin and, and Jasmine Shavers, uh, both of whom have won already Big Twelve Freshman of the Week honors. Yeah, both have been impressive so far. So, 
And you hope that that... Uh, that and that, Riley McKinney has just been... I mean, she's been go-to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's this, really stepped it up from mm-hmm. her first year here. And, you know, the I think the other thing, too, is um, taking a couple of those players under her wing and, you know, being encouraging, whether it's off the court or on the court, just, you know, kind of, you know, giving them a shoulder, kind of be, being a leader on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's been, been good as well. Um, for uh, Alabama State, they have two players that average half their points. So... Ayana Emmanuel uh, averages about 11 a game. And then Jalia Crawford, uh, both of them are seniors, averages about 10.7 a game. So 21 of their 45 that they're averaging come from two players. So we got a bunch of freshmen, a couple of uh, transfers, and uh, five returners. But here's the thing that's odd. Their head coach and their assistant coach and one other coach have been at Alabama State for 25 years. 25 years. And then they have one coach that's been there too. <laughs> but 20, okay. uh, that's, and they're, and they're. Uh, and the amazing part with new NCAA rules, they have two players that have also been there just as long. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, got one more COVID senior year left. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't grad transfer out. Oh, yeah, grad transfer. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're tuned in to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. That's not to say that they don't respect the run game that you have, but you're talking about one quarterback leading the, the conference in passing so far this year. And remember, he didn't start the first game. All right. He still played a lot, though. And also bringing some humor to your day. I, I just don't want to disappoint you. I just... As much as I disappoint you, I don't want to disappoint you in some things that you expect from me. Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. It's a pleasure to have you with us this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station Double T 97.3 at 9. End of the bench with Choice Woodman and Jeff Haxton. You heard Jeff uh, last night on the broadcast for... Uh, Texas Tech in Georgetown, give his uh, thoughts, his bird's eye view of things. And then at um, high noon, it's the bottom line. And then this afternoon, Aaron Dickens and Mike Gustafson uh, will have a Tech Talk for us here on Double T 97.3. The uh, Red Raiders taking on Georgetown Hoyas last night in the Big 12 Big East Challenge, winning 79 to 65. Had a lead as big as 23 in the game. With 13.43 to go, and I was thinking, oh, here we go, man. It's going to be just nothing but, uh, you know, lollipops and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Rainbows, maybe. Huh? Rainbows, maybe? Maybe. Thank you. Rainbows, yeah. Anyway, um, and then all of a sudden, Georgetown's like, oh, okay, well, we, we can play, too. We've got scholarships as well, and they cut the lead to one. And as a result, uh, made it a little tighter down the stretch than you would have liked. Here's Coach Mark Adams on what he told the team when the lead was cut down to one point. Oh, we had a huddle. We just we prayed. So, but uh, you know um, what we did talk about? It's just the same thing. I'm sure a lot of you saw. It's just you know with new teams, young teams, or anything. Adversity sets in, and it takes the teams a while to recover. And so we're. You know, we've got to recover quicker, and, and we start just kind of second-guessing ourselves and hesitating and, and not running what we're supposed to be running. And, and so it's, it's another lesson to learn. But uh, you look at the you know, positive side is we're up, 
you know, 20, 20 something points and, and really had to win the game twice, you know. And but we came back with through that adversity and fought through it and made some free throws and plays. And so I was really proud of the way that it ended. It was really, you know, guys really hung in there and and uh, you know kept their composure when it counted. At the fifteen oh two mark of the game, it was fifty four to thirty three. So the lead was was twenty one. It would grow to twenty three on a dunk by Daniel Bacho at the thirteen forty three mark. And then it got down to one at the 546 mark. So it evaporated pretty quickly. Uh, 62-61 was the score at at that point in time. And then you get the uh, Pop Isaac's uh, little uh, jumper in the paint. Um, You know, the scoop and scoop. Well, it wasn't the scoop and scoop. Yeah, it was a little floater. Thank you. That's a better word. Teardrop. Teardrop. That's a better word. Both those are better words. Yeah, not a jumper. Yeah, well, scoop and re- scores football. I was just re- I was just reading off the off the off the stat sheet here, and that you're you're it was you're right. It's a teardrop floater, whatever. Sixty four sixty one was the score then, and uh, so you stopped. You were you were on an eighteen to zero run on the on the wrong side of it after doing a sixteen to zero run in the first half, which made you feel really good going into to halftime. I agree with Coach Adams said there about being hesitant, and that's what we looked like on offense, that guys were hesitant and a little bit nervous about taking the shot. And I think a lot of times, and Coach Adams touched on this as well, is when you're doing that, you're not just freely running your offense, and you're instead maybe a little bit nervous and just looking to get the ball out of your hands. And Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it just looked like suddenly the offense became stagnant and – and guys were just tight, and as Georgetown made that game closer, and you needed somebody to kind of stop the tide, stop the tide, but uh, the problem stop the run. But the problem is, you didn't get up a lot of shots in that in that stretch. I wonder how many turnovers you had in that stretch, because it, it felt like four or five that were big factors. Uh, I'll tell you, a guy that was a big factor in the ball game last night was uh, Daniel Bacho. He had a double double last night. He had fifteen points. And 13 rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds. He did turn it over five times, had a couple of assists, had a block shot. His plus minus was 11. He had one foul. Now, he didn't draw any, but he had one foul in the ballgame last night. And here's Coach Adams on Daniel Bacho. Well, um, I wish I could take some credit, but I, I, it starts with, with, with Daniel. He just worked so hard. And, you know, he's, he was coming off a severe injury when he was at Arizona. And just, um, you know, he'll give a lot of credit also to Bryson Williams, who was his mentor and kept him in the gym. It's, you know, got him up and going at 6 a.m. every day and, and kept pushing him. And, and he's just continued to develop. And our strength condition coach, Darby Rich, has done a great job with him. So he's a great athlete. And he's, he's bigger, stronger now. And, and uh, just playing, playing very well. And, uh, you know, he had, he had a few bumps in the road in this game. But, but he's been very consistent throughout the season. Yeah, and Patrick Ewing was complimentary of him. He was asked, as a big man, how do you feel about what what'd you see from Daniel Bacho? And he just he said uh, some of the same thing, but he never stopped working. Just kept going. Just and, plays with a high, high level of mm-hmm, energy. Mm-hmm. He played 35 minutes uh, yesterday in the ball game. Uh, Coach Adams was also asked, well, how did you blow a 23-point lead? Well, you know, I'll say it in from the coaching staff because, you know, we understand that uh, we, you know, it's a team that we love, but we know that we're, you know, sometimes we, um, 
lose our composure at times and, and some of these young guys. And, you know, they threw a zone and threw a press at us. And, and uh, you, know, you know, we could we, – we, we worked on, you know, both those things two or three days, worked on zone more this week than we have uh, all year. And, and, you know, there are guys in the right spots. We just didn't get it to them. We're just a little bit anxious and, and probably thinking about scoring too much instead of letting the game come to them. And that's the big – uh, lesson here is these guys need to slow down and uh, don't don't uh, you know just keep playing the right way and and uh, letting the defense uh, determine where you throw the ball. So that's uh, uh, that's that's something that you know we these guys can go back and look at the film. That's uh, Texas Tech coach Mark Adams. Um, so you know I, I like the pace that they were playing, but sometimes they do get. Um, Maybe just a, a little bit too fast for themselves, because um, there were there were a number, especially it seemed like in the in that in that run. I'd have to go back and count how many turnovers that were in that run that was in that run. That's an interesting uh, interesting question, Jamie. Um, but it did seem like there were a number of uncontested turnovers where they moved their foot slightly and they were called for a travel. Uh, it, it seemed like that was a point of emphasis last night. Um, by the officiating crew, I'm, I'm not being critical. It just seemed like, did he move his foot? I mean, I'm, I, I didn't have an angle to be able to judge one way or the other, but it just seemed like, well, that was a that's a pretty quick whistle. Is what it seemed like. Now, maybe I may be completely. And there were obviously some passes and sometimes where you just couldn't find the handle on the on the basketball, but there were also sometimes like, wow, that was quick. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I think I probably felt that way a couple times yesterday, but um, it, it um, I, I just felt like the team kind of lost focus a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of kind of relaxed maybe. Okay. And then once it started to, to they started to get on a run, then just got all just got a little bit more. Couldn't turn the water off. Well, yeah, just got a little <laughs> bit tight. It's like yeah, hey, uh, it, you know, it's like your wife says, hey, there's a there's a little bit of a drip coming out here. Hey, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Uh, there's a little bit of a drip coming out. And all of a sudden, it's like, I cannot turn the water off, and it's running onto the floor. <laughs> then you've got a problem. It sounds like and, a personal story there. It, no, no, it's not. It just, just kind of came up with that. Okay. It just kind of popped into mm-hmm. my head. Uh, no no personal story there. Um, 19 turnovers for the Red Raiders. They did steal the ball 13 times. Um, and Georgetown only stole the ball six times from you. So that's plus seven. Uh, they turned it over 18 times. So maybe their turnovers were more created by you. It seemed like our turnovers were more created by us. Probably they are probably saying the same thing. Well, I just when I look at the 13 steals versus six, that tells me at least seven of the steals, mm-hmm. seven of the turnovers were created by the Red Raiders. Mm-hmm. P- pl- seven additional. Anyway, just a thought here this morning on the morning drive. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be that'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, hit me with your best shot there. 
Jamie Lynn. All right, I'm going to steal one that we saw off of the chat line. I think it was this morning. It may have been a different morning. But uh, the question was, have you lowered your expectation for this Red Raider men's basketball team after seeing what we've seen so far this season? So I ask you that question. So thank you to the texter that sent it in. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know where my, my expectation, I guess, was make the tournament, okay? And see if you can win a win a game or two. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not of the thought that you know a Sweet 16 is a failure season, okay? Because you just haven't had that many in your program history. You have in recent years. You've done pretty good about getting to the Sweet 16 a couple of times, you know, and and then obviously making it to the Final Four in the national championship game. Um, I, I guess for me, jury's still out on kind of where I'd like to see this team develop. I'd like to see kind of how they grow um, with the freshmen and the upperclassmen and the transfers. So I haven't, no, I have not lowered my expectation yet. Okay. I think we all will say jury's still out. I don't think anything's decided yet. Okay. So I don't think. Is that a little coach speak there for you? With yeah, that, that was that was definitely. I mean, we can't be certain of anything at this point. Right? Oh, no, right. Yeah. With the continued success that basketball has had recently, I kind of put it in the same category as tech baseball, um, where the expectation doesn't change no matter what happens on the field. At that point, you're just not meeting expectations. So my expectations haven't changed. They are still absolutely attainable. Being in the tournament, being in a position where you should make the Sweet 16, whether you know, you've know you got a, a favorable matchup in the first round and maybe a tougher one in the second round, but still not taking on the number one seed in the next round to get to the Sweet 16 kind of range. And I th- still think you're in that situation with what you've shown so far and have lots of opportunities to improve. You know, the tech baseball comparison is I expect them to control their own destiny to try to be a to be in the conversation of a of a, a, a national regional host and uh, with the potential of hosting a super regional. That doesn't mean they make it to a super regional, but they have that potential uh, that they should be in that conversation. So whether you make those or not, that because of their success, that's where I put them. So no. Yeah, no. It, the, uh, <laughs> at the very beginning, that doesn't. You either meet the expectations or you don't. Now with the successes they have had. Okay. Okay. Um, Still kind of confused, but okay. So, I'm gonna say, you know, I think I expected top four in the Big Twelve Conference, and I'm going to tell you, uh, I think it's a possibility you could finish just outside of that. So that's somewhat about seeing your team, and it's somewhat about seeing other teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm saying it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's that. But at the same time, um, I don't think I've changed my belief and opinion, kind of what Jeff's saying here, that you know we always expect them to be second round of the post, or excuse me, second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And I still think that's definitely a possibility. And then I, I want to throw in there, um, I don't think we're we're keeping in mind how talented of a player that you have on the sidelines right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Fardaz Mac. I mean, a conference player of the year, second in the country in rebounding last year. 
I mean, we've talked about how, oh, man, let's see this team get better rebounding. Okay, I don't know that there's a better guy to add to the mix. Right. <laughs> okay, than him. Okay. Right. That's a good point. So um, I think all of these things, I, I mean, <clears throat> you're adding a really, really good player to the mix at some point. Mm-hmm. And the question marks are still there when exactly that's going to be, but you continue to hear more positive things than negative things about that. Uh, I just, yeah, I think this team's going to be way better than it is right now. And so I don't think I have lowered them. I, I you know, I, there have been some hiccups. Even last night wasn't beautiful. Um, but the Ohio State game, you didn't defend well, which is not in your character. It just was one of those nights, but I think you're a better team than you played there. So I don't think I've lowered my expectations. Again, I think you're getting a really talented player that's going to be a huge factor. It may take a few weeks for him to, once he's playing, Mm -hmm. to become that huge factor. Coach Adams is not going to just throw him out there and say, oh, go play 40. (laughs) I mean, he's going to ease him in. We all get that. Sure, sure. But, I mean... Interior scoring, um, interior depth, uh, rebounding, blocking shots. It's going to allow you to be more aggressive on the outside because you have a big-time shot blocker behind you in the paint. Or two, you know, with mm-hmm. Daniel Bacho out there as well. I I just, man, with, with both of those guys healthy and playing well and all that, I think you're a really tough team to defend. And so I think that opens things up for your, for your shooters on the outside if you're playing an inside-outside game. So... My expectations have not lowered. I I I feel like you still have the potential to be a um, second weekend of the tournament team. And if Amac is anywhere close to being as good as he's been in the past, uh, I I still think you can dream a little bit, a little bit better than that. Even so, it's just hard because we haven't seen him on the floor and we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Okay. I mean, right right now uh, in in the league. Um... You have one undefeated team. That's Texas. They play Creighton tonight. Somebody says here, um, you, does your opinion change if Creighton handles Texas tonight? Um, I, I, I don't know that it changes. I mean, that, it'd make me feel better. Yeah. Good, number one, because I don't like the Longhorns. <laughs> right. Number two, because Creighton beat you. Mm-hmm. And they looked really good doing it. Mm-hmm. So if Texas handles them easily and you're like, oh, man, Creighton kind of handled us, then. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bode well. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. I would be, I think, right now, if you kind of look at the standings in the Big 12, just on the non-conference, you know, K-State's at the top of it, you know, because Tech has two losses, and you have one team that has none, and then a couple that have two, like you, and then others have just one. I'd be surprised if K-State was in the top four, Oklahoma in the top four. But, you know, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Plus Texas, Kansas, Iowa State. I mean, it's going to be a tough league. You know, if you're in the top six, top five, it's going to still put you in the the tournament with a a nice opportunity to make a run. Your morning blend of sports. K-State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off their 37-34 overtime win over number 22, Texas. And humor. Sure to tell them that. You you suggested that. And, of course, they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Our pleasure to have you with us as we uh, 
enter the month of December here uh, today. It's the first day of December. We'll have uh, Thursday Night Football for you on the air tonight here on Double T 97.3, the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. We'll also have tonight on 100.7 the score. We'll have Astro Line. Oh, okay. Which is a, an off-season show mm-hmm. that uh, touches on the uh, Houston Astros, the world champion Houston Astros. So if you're a Stros fan, little hot it's 6 stove. o'clock tonight and, yeah, kind of try to find out what they're doing this off-season. I'm sure you'll hear about Mr. Abreu signing. And that's a huge signing. And have they... Is Jeff Bagwell going to be the general manager of the Houston Astros? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It is kind of it is kind of crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but do they do they need a GM? I guess they do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the um, winter meetings are uh, getting ready to get underway in San Diego, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. It would be interesting to see how active the Rangers are as well. Yeah, you keep hearing that they're going to be in on some of the top free agent pitchers or mm-hmm. possibly making moves, you know, with some trades. So be interesting to see what happens there. See if uh, let's hope that if they're trying to make a trade that nobody's interested in their young third baseman. <laughs> that would be devastating to you, wouldn't it? Well, unless it was the Yankees. <laughs> I'd be stoked. I'd be, you wouldn't be, be able to, you wouldn't be able to contain my giddiness. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> contain it. Uh, would you be like immediately hitting up Josh for Yankee swag? <laughs> hey, man, can you just, can you just go by somebody's locker and see if they have an extra t-shirt that they're not wearing? I wouldn't, I would be go by your own locker, Josh. <laughs> I would be like Aaron Judge who? Aaron Judge who? That 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 might could get interesting, huh? Supposedly eight years, three hundred million is the offer. Is that enough? That the Yankees have offered at this point? Well, it depends. If I mean, if he, it depends if he's looking for a longer term or I like that deal. I pay him all he wants, but don't go too long. Mm-hmm. And so eight years seems good to me. I, I like that. Maybe he won't like that. Maybe he wants more money. Or, I mean, excuse me, more years. So eight years at 300, that seems uh, that seems like he could he could live off of that. I think he could. He could, he could, uh, he could, he could make a living uh, with that. They wouldn't have to necessarily go uh, paycheck to paycheck. Um, so that's about, you know, just under $40 million a year. Yeah. Which is right around where Trout is. Yeah. Um, my other question would be uh, for uh, for the Rangers, is is Bruce Bochy uh, a guy that will be attractive to free agents? I think so. I think he's known as a player's manager, mm-hmm. so I think so. Okay. I, I, I think that definitely helps in a manager that players have respect for, knowing that he's been able to win and all sure. that. So I think that would be something that would uh, help lure if, if they had a young manager that nobody really knew anything about which they've had that maybe free agents would be like eh, i don't know if i'm dying to go there i don't know if this guy's any good or not there's really mm-hmm. no no history no track record there so yeah no i think Bochy would help in that area yeah it would seem to me that you've got kind of a, a core of your everyday players uh and a and a, and a a young mix too uh with your everyday players and then you know can you you know, you've got Mike Maddox, who I think... That's a huge addition I, for that I pitching think pe- staff. I think he's probably 
highly thought of you know, sure. in terms of being a pitching coach. I mean, you think of what he was part of when the Rangers were making their two World Series runs. Yeah. He was the guy in charge of the pitching staff at that point. Yeah, He helped instill the, the mindset that those guys had mm-hmm. that everybody brags about, but he was the one helping do that on the field every single day. Highly respected guy in Major League Baseball. They're super pumped that he's back. Surprised he's not a manager as as opposed to just a pitching yeah. coach. Yeah, I wonder I wonder why. And maybe it's a fit. Maybe he doesn't want to be. And he just likes working with pitchers. He's but, interviewed with, for managerial jobs. His name's been rumored. Uh, maybe he just doesn't have the, the juice, you know, the, that owners are looking for. Sometimes it's about... I mean, heck, we heard Matt Rule yesterday say that um, he shouldn't have taken the Carolina job, that he wasn't the right fit, and that basically he'd been told it was a, a four-year, five-year, you know, rebuilding project that turned into two years and five games. And, you know, basically, if, probably if he'd have known that it was going to be two years and five games, he would have signed for more free agents to turn that thing around quicker. Right, or instead of trying not, to build or, from or the not take, Or not taking the job. Yeah. Or not taking the job. Uh, I wonder if Coach McGuire's son uh, is going to go with him to Nebraska. He'd been with him at uh, Carolina, and it stayed after he had he had left. I'm I'm just curious about that. That's don't know. He can't come here. That's way too many McGuires in one city. What's two? We're putting a stretch on his first. Na- what's his first name? <laughs> I think his first name. I think it's Cody. Cody. Okay. I think it's Cody. We're we're already putting a strain on two. I got to tell you, can't have three. I got to tell you, I think right now, unfortunately for you, if if there's too many McGuire's, the McGuire leaving is going to be you. I have veteran <laughs> status. I'm a 10-5 guy. I won't let it happen, Jeff. But we want you to be here. This we, dude we, would sell you out in a heartbeat, but I got your back, Jeff. <laughs> we, 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 guy we got need, your back. We need you here. Never offered here. to buy this guy a plaid jacket. Wasn't it pl- it's not plaid. It's, well, it's, it's, got, it's got some squares in it. I need that jacket, bro. Oh, man, of all the, good, you know. Here's my business card. You can have it. All right. Thank uh, you. Let me know how I can will. Of all the times that my mother told me to keep your comments to yourself, you know, uh, just worry about Chuck Hines. It's a big job. All those, all those things. You just need to sit there and listen. How much money does Joey McGuire make? Oh, probably $3 million a year. $3 million a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You'd uh, think at three million a year he could probably afford his own I'm jackets. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It's more it was more just the <laughs> it was more of just me just trying to be friendly. You're a friendly person. Friendly and funny and you know you know. Uh maybe a little sarcastic, maybe a little you know. I don't know. He's being generous. He's trying to be there for the new coach that makes $3 million a year and will receive a $100,000 annual pay increase up to $3.5 million in 2027. Yeah, Jeff makes some somewhere south of $3 million a year. <laughs> He's never offered to buy you a jacket, Jeff. Somebody wants to know where Verlander's going to go be pitching next year, whoever's going to pay him the most. Uh, Clay wants it to be the Rangers because he says Kate Upton would be a nice addition. <laughs> Hard to argue with that. Hard to argue with that. 8.09 this morning here on the morning drive. Astroline tonight at 8. and six. At 6. Right, 6. If you if you tune in at 8, it'll be over with. At 6 tonight. <laughs> Bills and Patriots tonight at 
And then we'll have Lady Raider basketball tonight at 6.30 as well on 107.7 Yes FM. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to DoubleT973.com.